Hello beautiful people, welcome to another episode of Mellow Madness. We are in episode 13 and I am so glad you guys could join me. So, like this past week I asked you guys to ask me some questions and I would answer them. So today is that episode and um, I have rounded up the top 15 and for those i didn't get to because i honestly got a lot and i was kind of shocked at the thing that many people would ask but for those whose questions are will not be answered on the episode i will post another part two so later on in the coming weeks so you should listen to that and maybe your questions will come up then But for now, let's get into it. Okay, so diving right in. Um, Nati asked, um, Nati from Facebook asked, how did you meet your soulmate? (laughs) That is deep. One, I... I do believe in soulmates. I do believe soulmates sometimes stick around for a lifetime and sometimes stick around for a little bit, you know? And uh, how I met, I believe my soulmate was my best friend, my former best friend. And I met her when I was um, 12, going on 13. And we were friends for a decade. And we stopped being friends because... Honestly, of reasons unknown to me. So, I have met my soulmate and learned a lot from being friends with her. Loved her dearly. Still love her dearly. And, yeah, that's it. Um, And then Bongiwe asked from Facebook again, What was your childhood like? Oh, like that one. Well, my childhood was actually quite a lot of fun i grew up in built in in mamecha and with my grandparents and my parents my grandparent because my I, i've never known my grandfather grew up with my grandmother and my mom and my dad and my siblings and i had a very fun childhood i was very imaginative as a child and i grew up like closely with my um with my sister Uskolile and we were very imaginative kids. We literally the thing we would play doctors, we would play presenters, and like actresses we played cricket and some like we my childhood was solid. I I liked it. I was a child and I had no adult responsibilities and I am grateful for that. So yeah, had a great childhood. Um Belinda asked, how are you doing? That is so sweet. Um, at this moment, Belinda, I am doing quite okay. I am feeling well. I'm in a positive space. And I'm glad the sun came up and I'm alive. So um, that is very sweet. I'm doing quite fine, Belinda. Thank you very much. Nokuzola asked, why did you start a podcast? 
Oh, okay. I like that one. Um, I started a podcast. Um, honestly, because I I have like a lot of views, like a lot of views about a lot of things, and I think I'm quite knowledgeable about like some stuff. And I've always thought of creating like content, you know. But I always thought like it would be like YouTube or a blog or whatever. And um, I thought like I'd do that. But I have a lot of anxiety, so I somehow talked myself out of it. I was like, no, you can't have a YouTube channel. I'm too shy. What people say, what if I don't look good? And then one day I saw this guy on my Instagram who had a podcast. And I'm like, okay, this seems like easy enough. I can talk my shit. (laughs) And posted out there and I googled the best app to create a con uh, sorry a podcast and here we are like what months later 13 episodes later so yeah um C4 from IG asked why how did you become a feminist how I became a feminist Honestly, I will say Twitter. It was when I... Because I've been on Twitter since 2009. Nine or ten, I'm not sure. Since 2009. Yeah, it's, I've been on Twitter for a minute. But I went through those Twitter phases where you get Twitter, stay on Twitter, then go off Twitter, come back on Twitter again and never leave. And I'm never leaving. I'm on Twitter. And on Twitter, when I got into Twitter, like, seriously... And I saw, like, especially, it was, it was when the, the, the man, a trash movement was coming up, and women were speaking out, uh, the men are trash, the Me Too movement, the, the Time's Up movement, the rise of that, that's when I was like, you know what, I need to, to be firm, I need to take a stand, I need to be with my women, I can't be wishy-washy, and I've never been a wishy-washy person, but I, I never knew Sorry, I I think I've always have been a feminist, but I didn't know how to 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 I don't know articulate like like what am I? I've always known I was pro women, so I guess. But like how I was like it solidified it for me definitely was Twitter and seeing other feminists and what other women were doing for other women speaking out because. I think on one of the episodes I said I feel like my feminism is not revolutionary but when I say stuff women feel it and I think that is like the best I can do okay the best and so as long as I'm doing my best and I am speaking out for marginalized people the best way I can on any platform I can then I think I'm doing a good job so thank you for the question Oh, this is serious. Solile um asked me, okay, how do you get out of the dark moments caused by your depression? Oh, <laughs> the honest answer, like the truly honest answer, will be I don't know. And it sounds like okay, what? What the fuck? It's like I honestly don't know when I am deep into my depression. I honestly see no way out and I don't know. But I can say also with the I don't know is 
you get to a point where you're tired of being tired. You get, because depression takes everything out of you. You feel lethargic all the time. You don't want to be around people. You don't enjoy the things you used to do. You, like, you're not yourself. And at some point, at some point, I don't know, you have to find gaps in between your darkness. When you find that gap, go through it immediately as it can before it closes. And that's when, like I say, you're tired of being tired. Then you can be like, you know what? And I'm, 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 and, um, I don't know how to put this, but like, it's not like forced positivity or anything, but like, it's like, like you're tired, like you're tired of being tired. And when that happens, it's that it's when your affirmation comes. It's when you need to love yourself. You need, and these are things you need to build when you're not depressed. So when you are, you can pull yourself out of that shit. And the knowledge that you'll always be able to save yourself. You, the one, you, you are the only one who can save you at the end of the day. You need to be your own best friend. You need to be your own ride or die. And if you are killing yourself, clearly you can resurrect yourself as well. So I don't think that's a good answer, but I don't know. And all of that, all the things I said before. So, um, Gobani asked, how long do your depressive episodes last? And honestly, it varies. Last year, I was depressed for nine months. <laughs> nine months. Like, straight. Like, okay, not straight. But, like, yeah, a chunk of last year, I was not happy. I was not well. And I was like, and it was like, it wasn't even like, ah, I'm just, it was like depression, depression. Nine fucking months. And it was a lot. They can last that long. It can be. For example, in December, I know in December, shit is going to be deep because trauma. But, and, yeah, it depends, honestly. Yesterday, I was not feeling well. I woke up sad. Today, having a great day. So, it honestly depends. And, yeah. Mandla asked, do you have to be so intense with your views? Yes, Mantra, I have to be intense because I am the angry black girl because there is reason to be angry. There is reason to be intense because I'm a woman, because I live in a patriarchal society, because I'm a fat person and I am dehumanized daily because, yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think I said what I, I can think of at the top of my head. And that's why I'm always intense with my views. Can never be on some... Uh, you can't give your oppressors a chance to... You can't be, you know, to oppress you even more. Nah, have to be intense with that shit. Niggas ain't shit. Straight people ain't shit. White people ain't shit. I'm very intense with my views. And I have to. Um... Andy Swa asked, do you enjoy having a podcast? I do enjoy having a podcast, actually. Uh, I do. I like it, especially when I get like the notifications of you from you guys listening. When I hear feedback from people saying, oh, my God, that touched me so much. Oh, my God, I relate to that so much. 
And when people, the best thing about it is actually people coming up to you, being like, "Oh my God, mellow madness!" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's all. That is all. That is all. That's always a fun interaction for me, and it's nice to see that you're touching people's lives in some way. If I like, and you're entertaining. I hope I'm entertaining you guys." And yeah, so I I do like having a podcast. Thank you. Oops, for said to ask. I love gays and girls. What made you start it? So um, if you're on my social media, social media, and of course you are because you're listening to my podcast right now. Um, you know I have every morning. I have a thing where I go, "Good morning, gays and girls," and I basically. You like give advice, affirmations to the gays and girls. And I started it because of this um guy on Twitter, his name is Joe Van. He had this thing, always like good morning, gays and girls. Um, wake up, do your like face routine, um, don't call him back. Like he had all those things, and I'm like, oh my god, I like this so much. And I started doing it on WhatsApp and I started, I did it on WhatsApp and people responded, it responded to it very well. And then I moved it to my highlights on Instagram. So if you view my highlights on Instagram, I have like a highlight there in gays and girls and you can look through it. And then I started posting that on my Facebook story. So I'm glad you like it. And to close off, um, Scully again, she asked two questions because well, she asked, um, what did you learn from being a teen mom? Ooh. I learned that I don't want kids in the future. I learned I should have listened to my parents. You should wait for sex until you're ready because honestly, it was not having enough sexual education that got me pregnant i didn't have enough sex ed i did not have the skills to deal with a teen pregnancy and uh, i don't know it's taught me patience it's taught me i think true love and that true love is not always easy and i love that that my sense of true love came from like non-romantic relationships because I did have um postmortem depression after my son was born, and I literally had to i don't i want to say learn to love him, but at the beginning it was very hard, so I think waiting had if i like i think if I had waited, I would have known that I don't want children because I've never wanted children but I don't view that nigger, that light-skinned nigger of mine, <laughs> as a mistake or anything. I think I was meant, meant to be a mom for some reason. But I know for a fact I'm never doing that again. So that's what I learned. Patience, compassion with my son, communication. And I love, I think I love the fact that I am self-aware. Sorry for tooting on my own horn because... It, it makes the relationship easier with my son in terms of I don't want him to be an extension of me. He can be his own person. He's this nerdy little weirdo and I like that. And he doesn't have to be an extension of me or his dad in any way. So, yeah. 
compassion. It is patience. It is I do not want to be someone else's mother ever again. <laughs> and I think that is it. It's a lot of questions to look through and I think that is it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Yay. Thank you for all the support you give me. And I will see you next week right here on Mellow Madness. Bye.